is the Mike Show. So happy you could join us uh, on this Tuesday edition. Uh, that brings us Megan Huffman from Share Greater Lynchburg. Hi. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Well, thank you. Good to see you. It's good to see you. Uh, and uh, each and every Tuesday, uh, you bring us guests. Today is no exception. Who did you bring us? Today, I have Cassie Penna and Maria Rolf from Impact Living Services, and I'm delighted that they're here and going to be telling us about the organization and a special event that they have coming up. Very, very cool. Ladies, uh, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Tell us about Impact Living Services. Yeah, so Impact is a really unique behavioral health firm. Um, we're headquartered here in kind of the Lynchburg area, but we're across the state of Virginia. So kind of to tell you how it happened, our founder, who is still our CEO, he had a heavy investment in foster care, and we were seeing the statistics of what happens to young adults when they age out. And I mean, long story short, they're just really, really not good. Um, if you look at a lot of the things that go on society in society that you're like, man, like I wish that could get fixed. A lot of that starts and gets resolved with making sure that children in this position get care as they move out. So um, there are programs called independent living, and that's where we started. We started an independent living program. So if you're 17 to 21, you grew up in foster care, you weren't adopted. What's that next stage of life of young adulthood? You can join one of these programs. Um, and kind of your basic Maslow hierarchy of needs are taken care of. Our approach is a little bit different. We kind of do some things on top of that to make sure that you have access to mentors and you have supervision in things that you just need help with when you're 18 and like don't know how to put your grocery shopping list together necessarily, or you haven't ever applied for a type of job that maybe feels a little bit above that, that you, that you want to go for. So we make sure that those kinds of things are in place. So 10 years ago, we started with one. We're uh, 11 years in now, and we have that in seven regions of the state. So we have like super expanded fast with that. Um, we help kids get their cars. We help them figure out their insurance for that car. So all those basic skills. And I think as we looked into, I don't know, th this is a really great program, and this obviously helps that population. But how does someone not become that population and it's having a good foster placement so we took a step back and we said what's the next kind of level out and it's making sure that children who are in this care have a good home mm -hmm. so we started offering treatment foster care services um if you're familiar with foster care you know that that involves a placement treatment foster care is kind of the next step that might be like a big sibling group and we're trying to keep them together. So we need people that are willing and able to do that. Or maybe a child who has um, more complex medical needs or mental health needs. So the reason they'll work with a program like ours is instead of them being placed with a family and then it's kind of run through phone calls and meetings, we have people with you at all times. At, I mean, they're not in your home, but if you have a call or a need, we're right there. So a, a story I heard pretty recently, one of our families, uh, they had a child in their care. They knew she had a, a mental health complex background. She had some major issues come up. One of our caseworkers was with them in the hospital the entire time. They didn't miss work. They didn't miss things because someone was with, with that family. And so that's the kind of children we know are taking on. So we provide that level of care and support that's so that's possible. So 
then we're like, okay, what's next? Like, we kind of know what happens with the ones that age out, the ones that we're trying to keep, you know, with good families. And we said, well, we need to support families. So we started offering mental and behavioral health services. So we have in four parts of the state, really complex, comprehensive uh, outpatient services, you know, your traditional thoughts around therapy. Um, and then we said, let's kind of specialize. So we offer crisis intervention. If, if there's a call in the hospital, we can take that on in certain regions. Uh, if a school is noticing behaviors and we need interventions at that level, we, we can take that on as well. Um, and then we've kind of moved into specializations. I know Maria is going to talk about an event we have coming up soon um, where we are going to really kind of open up to the community more info on one really specialized program for children who are displaying or dealing with problematic sexualized behavior at a young age. Age, which we're, of course, as a society seeing, you know, a lot of um, uptick in that if you think about cell phones and access and you just hear about it a lot. So we have a really specialized program for that um, that is, you know, one of the few in the state. We'll, we'll talk more about that one. And then just last year, we're like, what's one more step, right? So now we've got this mental health care in four regions of the state. And one of our uh, counselors came to us and said, hey, I learned about this program. Um, I think it was based out of Texas, and it's so unique. It allows counselors to work with first responders. So we're like, let's pilot it in Lynchburg, where our headquarters are. So right now for a year, we've been running what we call impact first responders. Police, fire, dispatch, pretty soon uh, some other uh, groups within the community, and then expanding into the counties. Uh, if something traumatic happens, we will dispatch someone to debrief. We have people in those groups who have said, train me a little bit more so I can peer talk with my peers and kind of see. So we've got leadership that we train for those kinds of things in the groups already. And then additionally, if someone who is a part of those peer groups or went through that say, I just need a little more support, we'll do up to six free counseling sessions for them That's off the right. record and come to us. And if they need uh, a little more after that, we'll of course work with them, they continue on. Um, but we offer, I don't know, EMDR, this was a new term for me, but this is like the cutting edge of how to deal with PTSD. And our counselors are trained in that to work with those That's populations. Awesome. So we said like, here's this group. And then it's like, how do we kind of help the group one step back and one step yeah. back? And now we're at the point where we just look at the community and say, what services are lacking? How can we help that? Um, and then how can we spread that across the state where, where those services awesome. are needed? So Cassie, you talked about aging out and yep. for somebody that doesn't know that much about the foster care situation. So um, people get to a certain age, 17 is it, where you no longer have access to the kind of foster care that you had as a teenager. So that's part of what we're talking about is somewhere to go after that, right? Yeah, when you turn 18, so we'll take 18. early at 17 if okay. the situation you know needs that, but at 18, I mean, you get a choice. Am I gonna go be on my own as an 18 year old or what we think is a very, make a very wise choice to say, hey, I need a little more support. Yeah. 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 And then if they make that choice, they can enter in a program like ours. And ours also comes with the added benefit of community and, yeah. you know, this mentorship. That's great. That is yeah. terrific. Now, let's talk about the amount, the, just the sheer amount of kids uh, that are in the foster care system in Virginia. Uh, what does that look like? Just all ages. And then what does that look like for kids that are in that age out uh, range? Yeah, um, it is growing. I'll say that much. Okay. And then in specifically for the aging out. And that's kind of where we focus a lot of the services on. If you look uh, consistently on the top 
three to five states with the worst aging out statistics. And so those kind of statistics that they're going to use are like um, incarceration, drug use, homelessness, um, unemployment, unemployment, pregnancy. Virginia typically ranks top two or three consistently over the past couple of years. And so there is a great need in this state. Um, for things that help a young adult be the kind of young adult they want to be. We know that the kids that are coming into this and and have those kind of outcomes, I mean, I remember, it's not hard to think about your 16, 17-year-old self and trying to make those big decisions. One, you've had trauma on top of that. And then two, you don't have support. I know one thing that just, man, hit me over the head the first time I thought about it was think about that first job you got. Yeah. You know, whatever job it was, and that snowballs into other jobs and more opportunities, but it's usually a friend of a parent, someone from a community group or a church or a school or something that you're a part of. If you don't have those connections, that launches really hard. Or or at the very least, some guidance, you yeah. know, yeah. To, to give you some advice on, should I take this opportunity? Should I look at this? It's, it's, I mean, these are staggering. Yeah. Uh, these are staggering life choices uh, that... that these kids do need the help, and, yeah. and, and it's mm-hmm. tremendous. Uh, well, Maria, uh, you're going to tell us about an event that's coming up. Yeah, so we, we've we been around, like Cassie said, we've been around for 11 years. Last year was really the first time that we decided to kind of in a public way say, hey, we really would love the community's involvement in what's going on here. Um, and so last year, you know, most people know us on the surface for what we've been doing the longest, and that's foster care and independent living. So last year, we had our very first gala at the Virginian, and we invited people to come and find out about how they could get involved in the lives of our youth who are aging out. Um, because like Cassie was sharing, their, their biggest need really is relational. And so um, in addition to the services that we provide, we really value people getting in their lives because that makes all the difference. Um, in addition to getting jobs and, and mm-hmm. helping getting help finding cars, just having knowing you've got people in your corner adds so much to your life, so much confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were really happy to get to celebrate some of the wins that have come out of our independent living program and invite people to get involved. This year, um, we are asking for help with another program, and we are still going to be having our event on August or. October 26th at the Virginian Um, and uh, we are bringing in a very funny comedian his name is Andrew Stanley and he's going to kind of lighten the mood a little bit because what we have to talk about is kind of hard Andrew was our comedian last year and he had the room rolling and uh, we're excited to have him back but the focus of this year's event is going to be on uh, raising support for our program called the Boundary Project. And as Cassie said, as we have been, you know, every every year it's it's kind of like we take a step back and say, okay, where are the vulnerable parts of our communities? Where who are the most vulnerable, and and how can we step in and enter the crisis as early as possible to help prevent? further trauma from happening. Um, This particular program called the Boundary Project is critical, and I'll let Cassie talk a little bit more about the details of that, but essentially it is a um, 
It's a, it's a counseling process for children who are demonstrating problematic sexualized behavior. And so they are showing um, signs of having a lot of trauma early on. And the sooner you can get help for that child, uh, the, the less likely they are for there to be problems down the road. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> well, tell us uh, tell us about this uh, this program. And then we're going to talk about uh, different ways that you can get involved uh, with your organization. Yeah. So, um, like I said, we have a comprehensive counseling and specializations within that. Um, problematic sexualized behavior is kind of the umbrella term for uh, someone who's displaying this, and it's common to have resources for uh, teens and young adults. Um, I don't say common as in like, hey, they're great. There's perfect ones everywhere, but you can find them, right? And so we offer that. Um, What is very uncommon, what's very hard to find is a program that is age appropriate from start to finish for a young child who's displaying these behaviors. Um, There's a million reasons why a child might start displaying these behaviors, but we know that like Maria said, early intervention is the best thing to do. And we've also learned that the intervention can't be more traumatizing, right? So a lot of the things that are offered for teens and it's appropriate, it's age appropriate for them are the same things you're going to offer to adults for a four to 11 year old, which the boundary project is appropriate for that is potentially that what exists for others is potentially very traumatizing to that group. Mm -hmm. So what we offer is an intake method that is age appropriate, meaning they're not getting asked questions that are gonna be more confusing for them and create more trauma. Um, And then the therapy process is age appropriate. So a lot of what is uh, typically provided for that age group is is just gonna be really hard for a four to 11 year old to process. Um, Why this event is important and why we need help is this exists in so few pockets of the state that since we started this program, you know, about a year ago, we are overwhelmed with the amount of needs and requests that are coming in. Um, And part of that is because they're coming in from across the state because this exists in so few parts of the state. And as people find out you offer these services, they start, I mean, our director of this, she will travel across the state and they will pay for her to stay in a hotel room for nights and nights wow. on end to do these things because it just doesn't exist where the need is. And so our goal, our desire is to just expand this at a rate that keeps up with that need. Um, and that's the focus of the event that night. We'll talk about the event. Our directors will be there kind of sharing about that. Um, and then uh, we will have a live auction as well. And 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 all of the proceeds are gonna go to expanding this program because we, we just feel the intense need. Yeah, desperately needed across the state. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that is fantastic. It's the uh, 2023 Impact Gala. And uh, you said that's October 26th? That's right. And that's at the Virginian. Uh, you can learn more if you go to Share Greater Lynchburg dot org uh, and look up impact living services you'll see everything uh, uh, all all of the uh, information about the organization uh, what else do you need are, are there are there uh, more volunteer opportunities are there uh, just talk about that yeah so in terms of volunteers um, you know with our counseling programs those are uh, counseling is not a place where you can bring in volunteers but our independent living program for youth and we are always, like I said, we 
we are looking to make their relational circles bigger. That is one of the most important things to their succeeding. And so we have a mentorship program where if you are somebody that has a heart for this kind of demographic and um, has the time to be able to invest one hour every other week to just really, there's not a ton of strategy to it. We have something called impact circles and it's kind of a group mentorship mentality where we have three to four mentors who meet with one youth and the commitment is for a year. And some of it is finding out what are, what some of the goals that they're working on in our program. It's, it's, Hey, are you working toward a degree? Are you working toward, um, a specific type of certification? Are some of them are trying to finish their GED. Some of them are already working, but would like to step into something that's more of a long-term career. Finding out what are those goals and coming alongside them, but a lot of it really is just relationship. It's life-on-life kind of stuff where you're saying, hey, uh, my family has Taco Tuesday at our house every Tuesday night, and we want you to be a part of that. Come Come on over on Tuesdays and just be part of that. Or Yeah, what time? (laughs) (laughs) Bill's looking for a mentor. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Bill, Bill, I'll mentor you. That's right. See, look at the connections just happening right now. But yeah, just... Uh, making making room in your life to uh, make this youth a normal part of your life. And I'll say that the youth that have taken part in that kind of uh, mentorship relationship, um, I could get really emotional about it. It has made all the difference in their life in terms of their confidence, in terms of their choices, and how they finish our program well and move into independent life um, as a confident person that knows they have people in their corner. Mm. Absolutely. Well, that, fantastic information. And you can learn more, again, uh, if you visit sharegreaterlynchburg.org. Uh, look for Impact Living Services. You'll find out all the information and a click-through uh, to their website if you want to get involved. Um, Megan. Mm-hmm. Hi. 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 Uh, tell us what's going on at SHARE and also the Greater Lynchburg Community Foundation. Yeah, sure. We have uh, some exciting things coming up. Tomorrow we have a Lunch and Learn, and it's going to be in, in conjunction with Patrick Henry Family Services and their gathering, which is all about um, meeting people in the community further upstream and helping uh, intervene earlier in their in their trauma uh, to try to help combat some of this. So very similar to what Impact Living Services is talking about, and it's just more more organizations coming together to answer the needs of the community. Our Lunch and Learn is going to be at Camp Kumbaya Nature Center, and we have, I think, 43 people coming tomorrow, which is really exciting. And so we have a few more spots left, and um, you're more than welcome to sign up on our website. Um, next week, we are launching our Give Good program, which is for Giving Tuesday, and yep. we're going to be having a um, a meeting to, with all of our nonprofit partners to talk about uh, what the plans are there and how to leverage the program to benefit your organization. We're also ha- that's going to be a trust um, restaurant on the the third at uh, I'm sorry the fourth at three o'clock and then um, right after that we're going to go over to the flower district right next door for a mixer just to connect and um, fellowship with one another and have time to meet each other and we do those mixers periodically just to get our community together so that all that can be found on our website and um, for the Greater Lynchburg Community Foundation, we are really excited. I was on here to tell you that we had our fall grant cycle, um, and yeah. we had 96 applicants this fall. So it's the most applicants we've ever had for wow. grants. So um, thank you for that to the listeners. And um, we also are la- relaunching our youth 
Philanthropy Council, which is all about um, getting young people, seniors in high school involved in making decisions um, about where grants are awarded so that they're learning how to um, engage in the philanthropic process. And so we have an awesome grant by Wells Fargo um, that is going to be given out at $10,000. And those applications are open now on our website. So we have a $10,000 grant and a $5,000 grant that are going to be awarded by this 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 youth council and, they, and, and these are seniors in high school from high all school. of the area yeah. Yeah. Um, public schools it, and they get to make the decision on the grant they do that they have so mentors cool. and they have um, leadership walking alongside them to help they get to do site visits and so it's a really cool program that had to take a hi- hiatus due to covid and yeah. now it's relaunched and it's um it's a really great way to get the greater lynchburg region involved in philanthropy so that's tremendous um that's the those um that opportunity to apply can be found at lynchburgfoundation.org. So either at SHARE or the lynchburgfoundation.org, you can find all this information. All right. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining us and Bill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, each and every Tuesday, uh, we talk with Megan and a, a nonprofit organization. Uh, 163 nonprofit organizations mm-hmm. are available and at your fingertips uh, right at sharegreaterlynchburg.org. Uh, check it out, and if you are part of a nonprofit organization and you're not on the Share platform, why? And you should be. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely positively free. And it is, uh, it's, it's a, a great resource for folks uh, to learn about nonprofit organizations within our area, learn about volunteer opportunities, even at the board level. And plus, you guys have so many different workshops and seminars and things uh, to get folks involved. And now we're getting into the giving season. That's right. So that's going to be, it's a tremendous place to learn more uh, about giving back to your community. Uh, it is the Mike Show. It's the uh, Tuesday edition coming up a little bit later on. We've got your audio vault. Stay tuned. <laughs>